Hey guys, welcome back to VS Energy's Commissioning Podcast. I'm your host, Clayton Ferrier, and here with us today is Mark Sankey and Nick Taliska. In today's podcast, we'll be discussing the importance of testing and balancing, TAB as we call it in industry, and the relevance to the commissioning process. So like all of our other podcasts, I think a good starting point is just defining what TAB is, right? So obviously, as I said, testing and balancing. And for you guys, you know, when is it done? How is it done and why is it done? And those are some pretty broad questions, I would I would say, but just just to give a you know a ten thousand foot overview of the testing and balancing process. Obviously it occurs on um air side and water side um during a project before commissioning. So I'll let you guys kind of dive into you know what tab is, when is it done, how is it done, and why is it done. So go ahead, guys. Well, first, I would say that that TAB is not just testing and balancing. Uh, the acronym actually stands for testing, adjusting, and balancing. And so we're talking about measuring and adjusting. Oh, you're right. Primarily air and water flows to meet the design requirements. So you have mm-hmm. a lot of instrumentation. Uh, again, we're, you're, you're typically focused on the hydronic side and the air side, but What's also equally important is is building pressurization and, and mm-hmm. ventilation and exchange rates as part of that. So I, I penned my own definition this morning that I think will probably be adopted by every national standard. Okay. So it's basically it's basically test and adjust and balance the uh, fluid flow, air flow, and electrical systems. Uh, along with all the mass transfer components of process and HVAC systems to provide flow performance and electrical performance consistent with the design and the owner's project requirement. That I like that definition. You don't hear a lot about the electrical side, I must say, when people talk about TAB. I mean, I know it's involved with it. Yeah, how many jobs have you been on where, okay, we're short of flow and you go back the fan systems at full load amps and uh oh now we have a problem that's primarily yeah absolutely so right so, right. so uh, you know unpack that whole mass balance or mass transfer part of your definition well mass transfer we're moving air water we could be moving glycol we could be moving uh, siltherm heat transfer fluid you could be moving anything and you know uh, it's it's rarely done, I have to say, but you get a, a balancer on an industrial project where you're transferring industrial fluids like high temperature or extreme low temperature fluids, and it adds a whole new set of variables to the process where you have to adjust for fluid densities that are different than standard water. So I, I think, um, you know, a good balancing company understands all that and, and can it can adapt to it, but piping design, especially in industrial plants, typically don't have a balancer. But oftentimes we have to get into the process and be able to uh, at least look at the flow variables on a detailed enough level to be able to make those processes make those process flow adjustments. Well, I love your definition. I am personally adopting it. <laughs> <laughs> Make it so when you when you Google it, it Mark's definition comes up. I Googled a lot of definitions, and I didn't see anything that really incorporated electrical, and they were all 
you know, specific to HVAC, but it really doesn't necessarily, it shouldn't be limited only to HVAC. And there are a bunch of standards, you know, SMACNA, AABC, uh, National Environmental Balancing Bureau, NEB, and a whole bunch of others, but they're all silent, I think, on anything outside traditional HVAC balancing. Well, um, why does the electrical portion matter in your eyes then? Like if I'm a balancer and I, I need whatever X amount of GPM and my pump is doing all, giving it all she's got. I mean, why it's not my problem, right? Uh, and that is correct. It's not the balancer's problem, but it, I think the other thing we need to talk about is what test adjustment and balance is not. So, Test adjustment and balance is not a solution for poorly designed or constructed buildings and systems. Under oversized systems, leaking buildings, um, it is an unreasonable expectation to think that we can do a shoddy job of design or incomplete job of design or a shoddy job at construction and expect the test adjustment and balance contractor to be the magic remedy for all of that weak work. Sounds like that happens a fair amount of time or can happen <laughs> from from the way you're saying it. Uh-huh. Well, yes. <laughs> you can't say can't directly say yes, but I can seen, say yes. yes. <laughs> seen it a time or so. <laughs> well, and I and I have to imagine, you know, you said oversized and undersized. I, I got to imagine that the 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 common pro, whatever the common thing a, a tab firm person runs into is oversized equipment as opposed to undersized. Again, that's a that's an assumption on my end, but I'm guessing most of the uh, stuff they have to balance is oversized. I think not. Really? Yeah, I, I wouldn't go with that either myself. Wow, I just thought just, you know, well, Aaron on the... There was, that, a, uh, there was a time uh, in my lifetime when there was always a margin of, you know, oversizing. And sometimes I would say that large creep, you know, oh, we'll adjust the loads. We know the building load is this. We'll add 20% on it to it for safety. Yep. And then we'll go back to the fan system. We'll add 20% on it for safety. And you, mm-hmm. you would see a larger number of oversized mechanical systems. Yep. Now, the cost constraints that get pushed on everyone, yeah. Um, from the designer all the way to the contractor, the first thing that happens is, well, the units might be a little oversized. We'll size that down, and that will lead to a reduction in the pipe size. Will lead a reduction to the motor size on the pumps, etc. And Wire you get to the point, yeah, sure. yeah, and you get to the port test and adjust contractor is trying to squeeze every ounce of performance out of a, a nominally undersized system. I would say the other force, Mark, that really contributed to what you're talking about is also the energy impact and people becoming more aware of that because, like you said, when you have oversized equipment, you know, depending on how oversized it is, you can still adjust correctly, but you're putting an energy impact on the system, whether you're closing down dampers and valves to get that balance of pressure and flow. But yeah, so when you have undersized equipment, it's very difficult. I mean, it's more of a, of a work to say this can't do the job at all. So it's a lot easier to work with oversized equipment. But 
to get it functioning, but there isn't a, an operational penalty, if you will. Well, that that's correct, and but that ties right into the energy aspect of that. Nick ties right into retro commissioning or recommissioning. So, in a retro commissioning project, one of the major outfalls may be, hey, let's rebalance the system for correct flows, and you see a significant reduction in fan and pump energy because of that. Totally, no, totally. I mean, it's funny because I mean we're we're talking about commissioning. But this, this, I guess, would you consider it a subset tab in itself? And I guess that's maybe leading into maybe this is my early confusion uh, when I started learning about commissioning. And then, frankly, I learned about testing, adjusting, and balancing first. Yeah, I think that was it. And then, you know, my knowledge of commissioning came into play. And I remember struggling with where do these two fit and how do they play together and are they different? And can one be used without the other? And uh, I don't know if that would be something helpful to anybody that's following along to see, like, where does this fit in the process? No, you're right. And I think Mark's going to have a lot more to add to this. But like the way I see it is, and maybe I'm wrong, but to me, tab is the foundation of the commissioning process in a way. I mean, how how you can't commission something you can't commission a system that isn't <laughs> balanced properly hydronically or you know on the air side to and expect it to achieve the required load or what whatever you know um so i don't know to me i see tab as a foundation to commissioning that's why i've kind of learned to appreciate myself yeah Again, you can't be commissioned without being balanced, but a lot of times they are. But I'm curious to see what uh, Mark's input is here. Well, I think there's a there. So not to introduce another variable, but there's really three components that the commissioning entity relies on, or two components that are relied on. One is test, adjust, and balance, and the other is controls contractor. So I think there is a large amount of synergy and certainly uh, shared objective for those three contractors, right? The commissioning entity relies pretty extensively on the controls contractor and the test adjusted balance contractor to provide data, really quality data, right? How mm-hmm. good is the information that we're getting and verification of performance or non-performance. So yeah, it's, it is a, a different entity than the, the commissioning agent, but there is certainly the requirement for reliability and, and trust between um, the CA and the TAB contractor and the controls contractor. You know, I have a, I have a question that just came up um, for Nick or Mark. Like in my experience, maybe I'm wrong, but like I, as in the commissioning process, have never... Uh, well, yeah, I, I guess I, I, I'm wrong. I don't know. I was going to say like in commissioning, you don't, it doesn't seem like you, as a commissioning agent, you often focus on like what values are coming back in tab, but you see that you can test that on your magnahelic. You can see that, you know, as long as it matches the engineering values, I guess it, I was going to say, you don't, the commissioning focuses on the system much. And you, you almost take for granted that the tab's correct, but you know it's correct because you're looking at it, the data. I don't know. Maybe that was a oh, that, I, I think tangential that, uh, 
data that's that reserved for further in the discussion. But Ooh. I would never say that you know it's correct because you're looking at the data. Well, yeah, I agree with that too. So I just, I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about it further in the discussion. But it just seems like, as a commissioning agent, you you focus a lot on the controls part of it, but not so much on the tab part of it. Maybe unless it unless there is an issue that you have, you're forced to. I don't know. Well, so take a case in point, Clayton. We were on a project last week. Yep. Um, had the tab report. Yep. Do you think the tab report was trustworthy? Um. Ooh. I no. I, I, I guess. I mean, but I, I don't know. Maybe I don't. Well, no, no, because because I, yes, no. After getting, <laughs> after doing what we've done, no. Okay, I had no reason to not believe it before we got on site, though. So, Ex- exactly. Yeah. That yes. is exactly. So now we're back to yeah uh, my mantra: there is no substitute for boots on the ground. Yes. No substitutes for your eyes and ears. Yes. So on the surface. It looked like everything was hunky-dory. Yes. Everything should be fine, yep. right? Yep. You get to the job, we determine sensibility went out the window in terms of the actual measurement of flow. Sensibility went out the window in terms of how is flow controlled. Yeah. I mean, we, there was not one thing that you could, or not any group of things that you could knit together to say, yeah, this this tab report has credence and will, it will hold water. No, I I agree with that. You're, you're you're absolutely correct. Looking at it from the surface before getting on site, yeah, this tab report's great. They did their job. Life is good. We got all the data we need. And then you show up and you're like, how in the hell did they balance this with what is going on when you're on the rooftop looking at static pressure? <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. Can you dig into one example when you say sensibility? You know, went out the window or whatever. Okay, so it was a VAV system, and they were controlling static pressure, right, to be delivered to the VAV boxes. Where was the static pressure transmitter located in the system? I'm going to say that it was located within the mechanical room itself, not too far from the discharge. That's just my guess. Well, you're about right. I mean... (laughs) It was located on the roof in the fan housing. Yeah. That was exactly right then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It wasn't down in the field. No. no. No, it was nowhere in the ductwork. It was not related to what the system was experiencing. Um, were the VAV dampers also in this mechanical room? No. <laughs> okay. Oh, they were downstream, but... Uh, you know, at the VAV boxes, there were VAV boxes, but nonetheless, that goes against every best practice design, anything that uh, you, you could ever use to control fan static pressure or system I would, static I would pressure. Say the tab process with a lot of the, the firms that I'm familiar with would have stopped right there when they yeah. that. Yep. There I agree. Not, not have been a tab report even issued. Okay. I agree. Interesting. Interesting. That's a great example of, uh, yeah, Clayton in his office looking at the tab report going, this looks pretty good. Yeah. I see numbers, you know. Yep. <laughs> Calibration certificates for instrumentation. Yeah, they had it all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. 
all is good and then you show up and you're like how there was no airflow good to balance to you know so I, yeah you don't that's a great point mark so um it's funny that's probably on the uh on the i don't want to sound like i'm bashing people but on the more bad end of the testing and balance then huh <laughs> well Correct. And, and, but yeah. it's, it's it's more common than i think you know you would first think well and you think about it i mean to them the they got paid to to, to give the owner whatever you want to call it, some numbers and they're never going to go up there and look you know check it so yeah you know give them what they want and move on i guess which is not right but it's probably what happens sometimes yeah, I, I don't really have a lot of tolerance for that. I mean, because it's that's really part, you know, a big, and we'll talk about this, but that's really one of the top things that, you know, the purposes of, of TAB. Yeah. Identify things like this. Yep. That may be the purpose, but that's yeah. the primary thing that can be found and mm -hmm. should be corrected. Yep. Well, I mean, Nick, how often do you see that? 1% of the time, 5% of the time, never, 50% of the time? Oh, less, less than 50%. I mean, well, less than 50%, but more than 5%. Yeah. Right. I mean, I it, it's, it seems to be less common maybe, you know, over the years and maybe the education has gotten better, but certainly more so 10, 15 years ago. I agree. And, and uh, the, the burden for assurance of a quality tab report, especially in new construction, falls to the stringent requirements within the specification for test adjustment and balance performance. So when you write a specification that says the system shall be balanced by a certified contractor, and that's the extent of the test adjustment balance spec, then you get what you ask for. But when there are prescriptive requirements in that TAB spec, then you get what you ask for as well. So when you talk about you know, the means and methods, the calibration of devices, the certification of individuals performing the work, then you have a higher likelihood of a high quality uh, tab project. Well put. And I assume that tab spec, first of all, I got two parts to this, that, that tab spec is probably generated in part by the commissioning agent that is already involved in the project as they should be, right? When I die and go to heaven. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Um, how often have you seen people get a place, facility, whatever, balanced and not commissioned then and say, oh, we got a, a balance, right? We're good. Where did we go last week? Thank <laughs> you, Yes. Yes, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Does that happen a lot then? I don't know. I mean. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Some people probably see the tab test adjust and balance as, okay, it did it. We got the numbers we needed. Why do we need to do commissioning then? And obviously we know why you need to, but. Well, I, I think there are a lot of firms even that, uh, you know, will we'll put out tab as almost as a substitute to maybe like what we would think of as a retro commissioning or a recommissioning. Yeah. And I think that can lend to some of the confusion, you know, and, and I, and I have read things about from different, you know, companies that have their tab, you know, services and, you know, all the benefits are what you would think of with, 
a properly commissioned system, but it does seem to end there. They go in there, they do the test adjustment, balance, and to bring them into, you know, an optimum efficiency and, you know, alleviate comfort problems and get the mm -hmm. things back to the design intent. So, you know, I've read several of these blurbs that sound very much like commissioning. So right. to right. me, I can see a lot of places where tab is done and it's not commissioned. But then I've also seen where the, the balancing part is not done and it goes right on to commissioning. And I, and I see that more in, uh, just to be fair, in, you know, retro commissioning type of retrofit right. work, not new construction. Although I got to say, like, <laughs> um, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll, we're not in the weeds, but I'm going to wrap us back into our, our points here. But I have to say, like, as a commissioning agent, like, Mark, would you would you ever commission a job that has hasn't been balanced? Uh, I would say it depends. Okay. So uh, it depends on the scope of commissioning. There have been a number of projects that we've been involved in, especially on systems integration. To commission the control system performance, not inclusive of the system performance. Yep. So, uh, it, yeah, it, it's been done, and mm -hmm. I, I think once a system has been balanced, by and large, uh, you know, be it two years ago, five years ago, unless there's evidence of a serious or a, uh, identified performance issue in in any of the flow systems. Uh, maybe you can let it go, but I think it's imperative that the commissioning entity be cognizant that if the system has not been balanced or it hasn't been recently balanced, that you keep that red flag in your back pocket. So at some point, if you run into an issue where you say, hey, this, you know, all, all indicators point towards a balance issue, you pull the flag out and throw it on the ground and say, hey, we have to stop and evaluate the need for rebalancing. Yeah, I didn't expect that. We, this is some great conversation about testing and balancing, guys. I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's very enlightening. So to bring it back for our listeners, and I think we inferred this, and if you don't know, we're going to cover it now, but like on a project, when is the test and balance process done? Obviously, it's before commissioning and after installation after installation and startup, I guess, right? So that's pretty pretty well. I don't know if you need, we need to go any further than that for when is tab done. You mean you mean when is it performed versus when is it complete? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. When is it performed? So on, on a project, if you look at the timeline, we install everything as a contractor, we do our, you know, required startups, and then before commissioning, we need to balance it. So, you know, I guess that's probably the answer to that question. Yeah, I would say before the, the functional performance testing starts. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where maybe it gets, you know, obviously with so many things confusing, it's, you know, all these projects, it's not just one entity comes in, they do their work, they leave yeah. and to the next people. Yeah. So, you know, commissioning and, and your tab professionals, at least again, in my experience, have, have worked, you know, very closely together. And in most cases that I know of, Again, this is, these are just my projects, but the tab people were part of the commissioning team. Really? Yeah. Either part of or parallel process. Separate contract, but parallel process. Yeah, but most of the time in uh, under the control or influenceable. Inf what's the word? 
In, yeah, yeah, under the direction of. Under the direction of. Thank you. Uh, yep. Yeah, because I'm just thinking about commissioning documents that would incorporate who. Yeah, I should have to search. Memory, That's right. I think, but I, I would say that most of the times it's a, almost a seamless uh, entity, if you will. But again, that's just... Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. And then my next question, which I think is worth discussing, because, you know, if again, if you're not super familiar with the process and all you see is is the end product of the, the tab report, right? Um, it might be worth talking a little bit about the, the, the process. Like, where do you start? Like, say, and I guess I got to pick a... I don't know, a system, right? What if you're doing a, a VAV system with, I don't know, a couple air handlers, right? And you got to test, adjust and balance this system. Do you start, you know, at the air handler, you have your your um, specification for airflows on all of your, your uh, ducts, registers, whatever you want to call them, diffusers. Do you start there? You know, obviously, like my understanding, you set the static pressure control to uh, one inch, three quarters of an inch, two thirds downstream. And then again, do you start at your VAVs? Do you start at the unit? How do you, where do you work and where do you start? Can I just back up one second here? Yeah. Just clarification. So we're assuming again, general project, but construction is complete. Startup or pre-functional testing is complete. And then, and, and Mark, is this what you see? And then it would be kind of turned over to the tab folks? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. So okay. new construction, the drive guy's been in, started up the drive. The motor's been tested for proper rotation. Uh, everything is ready to. Yes. Yeah. If, if it hasn't been, the go button hasn't been pushed yet. It's been pushed. And now we're in operation. Yeah. So where do when our when our tab team comes in, where do they start and what do they do? Uh, and it doesn't really vary in terms of uh, start from the primary mass flow generator that would be the fan mm -hmm. uh, and work out. But first thing that we always recommend is let's just see the max flow condition. So and sometimes this raises a red flag, sometimes not. But if it's a VAV system. Generally, I want to see all the VAVs at 100% mm -hmm. fan be able to maintain static pressure at 100% flow. Mm -hmm. And there's usually pushback from the designer that says, well, we we put it in a diversity factor. Yeah, I was just going to say that. And Not the diversity factor, I, I, no. I, yeah. Well, so that means that uh, there will never be a time when all of the VAVs will require max flow. I mean, then why you know, design the VAVs for that size, I, I guess. But anyway, um, you know, I was thinking I, about, I want to yeah. see, I know that we can go ahead. No, no. I was just saying, I was, I was, I was thinking about making that analogy for your, or your uh, power distribution in your house. I mean, you know, your, your main service is a hundred, 200 amps, but you have 400 amps of connected right. load. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's the same diversity factor. I don't know. Continue though. <laughs> well, I, I think that's, if you, if you basically, if someone wants to make a compelling argument for the diversity factor, then show me how you arrived at it versus saying we put a 0.6 diversity factor on this. I mean, no. 
uh, <laughs> you know, if it's by exposure of the building based on you know solar solar load, that's fine. Just explain it to me. Yeah. But yeah, absent that, that yeah. I want to see the full flow condition. Okay. And then once you can, once you're okay with that, and I mean, same can be set for chill water system. Start at the yep. chiller, primary flow system, and the secondary flow, and then okay, we can go to the you know start looking at the coils. But on the VAV system, to get back to that, that would be step one. And then once we know that that can be maintained, mm-hmm. um, you know, outdoor air, return air balances, minimum outdoor air balance, all that stuff. And then we work towards the terminal units, set the min and max on every VAV box, uh, and off we go. Okay. And that, you know, is a very brief summary, but that's, that's uh, what we do. And, and Mark, would, would that generally follow for other building subsystems as well? You're you're starting from your source and working out to your your terminal points. In general, yes. Okay, that I makes mean, sense. That can even be, you know, we were on a project not too long ago where they had a domestic hot water system, recirculated domestic hot water system. Reason for that being, you don't want your your hot your sink at the end of the run to have to wait five minutes for hot water. So, I mean. That is a very overlooked system requiring a requiring balance, mm-hmm. but it needs to happen. No, that makes sense. Like I said, I just thought it'd be worth, again, for our listeners that maybe aren't familiar with the process or, or they see it after it's done, you know, how does, where do, where do we start and where do we go? And yeah, same for if it's an air, right. you know, um, air handlers with VAVs, it could be a chilled water, primary, secondary. Um, same thing with a hot water system, you know, again, you probably work from your primary equipment out. So um, that, I like it. I'm glad we covered that. And then I guess we'll we'll move a little bit on. We covered why is it done. We covered how is it done and when is it done and what tab is, which is good. And then I think we did. We spent a good bit of time kind of covering the importance of it, I would say, just from past experience discussion, right? Right. What? Yeah, break them all together, sure. Well, I think the why is it done? I mean, you just have to do it as a performance assurance mechanism that the building can operate, is capable of operating as designed. That's the long mm-hmm. and short of it. Yeah. So I'm sorry. So right here, though, Mark, if I was going to say, so what is contrast tab as you just defined it with commissioning? Because there is a lot of the definitions, you know, have that overlapping almost responsibility it seems that's a great question so the test adjust balance is responsible for the physical delivery of required mass to the point of uh, consumption whether it's air whether it's water whether it's uh, working fluid other than that or you know all those things the commissioning entity takes a more holistic approach so now we know from a mass flow side, temperature side, we can deliver the appropriate amount of chilled water, required amount of chilled water at the right temperature to the cooling coil. Test adjust and balance guy on the water side is done. If they've done the same thing on the air side, they're done. Now the commissioning entity has to say, okay, now that we've done that, it, are the control loops stable? Uh, once we get the required amount of chilled water to the coil, 
is the coil performance as expected or is it capable of doing both sensible and latent to the requirements uh, of the of the project specs all those things so the test adjusted balance is just one of the building blocks to the building overall performance okay so even though so tab will rely on controls uh technicians as well right working with the control system sure right okay and tab also though i mean would they be involved in some of the, the coil and the heat transfer because that's the other thing i've kind of understood about tab you know they they deal with capacities obviously you're talking about your flows and your building pressurizations and room pressurizations resulting from from airflow issues but then what about efficiency of heat transfer elements? Like, I'm, you know, now I'm thinking of heat exchangers, you know, water side economizers, that sort of thing. But within the terminal units itself, would that be in the purview of TAB or more in the commissioning agent? Or maybe it's not all black and white. I mean, a lot of these things aren't, but. I don't know. I think that falls on the engineer. I don't know. TAB just needs to give them the gas, if you want to call it that, <laughs> like maybe not. And I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with Clayton on this. I mean, so you're the tab guy. We have, you know, the right amount of airflow across the cooling coil. We have the right amount of chilled water at the required temperature to the coil, but we uh, can't get to whatever the dry bulb and wet bulb temperature specifications are for the leaving air condition is that the tab guy's fault is it the commission commissioning guy's fault who needs to be involved to remedy that i think the commissioning guy would identify that as an issue in commissioning but again if the if the tab guys will say he's moving btus right is if he's given the, the btus that the system needs past that if i was a tab guy oh not my problem well, yeah, no, no, just to clarify, my question wasn't more like whose responsibility, but more would it be the tab guy, like you said, you know, Clayton, you hit on it, the BTUs is a function of your delta T and your flow. So are the tab guys looking at that air handling unit, since we're talking about that example, and identifying issues with the heat transfer coil? Uh, that's a good, that, that, that is a good question. That, that's people a, that come in afterwards. I would say commissioning. Well, I, honestly, I've never seen a tab guy uh, come in and say, hey, we have the right flow, we have the right air, and we're not providing the right leaving air conditions. And, you know, you hit it basically, especially on the cooling side, tab guys are typically measuring dry bulb, typically. Uh, I've only seen a few tab reports that, measure outdoor air or mixed air enthalpy and leaving air enthalpy. So, yeah, I mean, and generally that is not in their purview and I would not necessarily expect them to um, identify or point that out. Okay, good. Th that helps clarify it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So what I want to ask you guys then is like, during the tab process on projects that you've been involved with, like what, what are some common issues that the tab team finds if it's, if it's 
installation issues, you know, piping configuration. I don't know. Like what is, t- when, when tab comes on the job and they, they do their job, I can imagine they find some, I'm going to have to beep this out, but holy shit issues on some jobs, right? Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, I think some starts right from the start where it was like even test ports and access to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. To do. Uh, again, maybe Mark, that speaks more to the commissioning agents involvement throughout like, the process to make sure have things the, been piped back where does it tab is found i mean there's got to be it's it ha, uh, that has to have happened it has to have you know not in my experience but i mean we uh so you talk about that now this job wasn't balanced and we we're kind of brought in forensically but there was a project that i was on a few years ago where we couldn't keep a, a primary secondary system with three chillers we couldn't keep a chiller online uh, because the return water was coming back so hot that uh, the chiller oh, would just man. see a slug of hot water yeah. every time the return water from one area opened up. Well, after two days of almost 100% on time, you know, being there full time, so almost 48 hours straight, and tracing out all the piping, uh, it turns out that they had piped. The, uh, one of the supply and returns uh, on the wrong side of the cross primary crossover so that uh, oh. every time you started this one secondary loop, it just completely, the flow uh, went completely upside down. So the uh, crossover was flowing in reverse oh. and would send that slug of hot water to the chiller. Now, that project had neither been balanced nor commissioned, but if it had been balanced, the balancing been, contractor yeah. would have picked that up and yeah. said, there's no way this will ever work. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to me, like, like I said, tab is almost, I, I mean, I guess startup and your pre-functional checks are your hmm, first line of defense, if you want to call it that, on installation issues or mechanical issues. But, I mean, tab is it's a pretty, pretty solid, if you want to give an analogy, firewall of... You know, yeah, everything at least is working correctly. And if it's not, we're, we're going to find it out in tab if there's a major configuration or mechanical issue, obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, the tab guys are like the guys on the front of the Titanic that say, hey, we see an iceberg. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things where if there's a problem, they're generally the first guys that identify, yeah. you know, there may be a train coming down the tracks. Be careful. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. I just didn't know, like I said, if you had any. Well, it illustrates too, just like, yeah, you said, Mark, this wasn't an easy thing to identify. You kind of had to get to the details. And yeah. I don't know the magnitude of this branch that was causing the problems, but, you know, it could have been like not a, you know, the, the uh, entire wing of a building or something, but you can get these things that happen there that translate back. To what you're seeing back in let's say the, the mechanical room if you will and yeah oh it was over 500 gallons of flow per minute wow. by itself that's, so that's a that big thing yeah you know kicked on it was a big deal <laughs> well obviously had a huge impact too yeah know? yeah definitely definitely building pressurization mark i know you've run into a bunch of issues with this and that can be overlooked as well, especially if the uh, isolate into maybe one system of ventilation and just the impact that can have not only on that space and adjacent spaces, but 
you know, also the entire building. And, you know, there's been a lot of instances of, you know, stairwell pressurization, you know, doors can't, don't stay shut, you know, oh, yeah. easily. <laughs> and, and they can really, so we, yeah, go ahead. We did work at a plant uh, just north of Pittsburgh a few years ago where the building was so negatively pressurized that the employees the came to work one day. They couldn't open the door. They thought the place had closed. They thought like, oh my holy gosh. crap, we're all out of a job. Everybody went home. That's insane. That's great. <laughs> I mean, it is amazing, yeah. and it's something that's often overlooked. I mean, unless you're in the field, but, I mean, air pressure is, I mean, obviously, we just we get used to it, but it's a real thing, and, uh, yeah, it can withstand the force of somebody really pulling on that door trying to get in. That's funny. Well, you think of it, it's like hydraulics almost. you got a lot of area to have a force applied on. And it can work the same way too. Somebody could be trying to get out, you know, and, yeah, and right duck inside. Oh, <laughs> yep. Oh man. And, and you know, people, uh, you know, non-energy folks tend to really underestimate the energy impact of uh, overpressurization or underpressurization. You go into an industrial plant, every place that. You know, they do a new project, we'll put an exhaust fan in here. So by the end of the day, you know, our end of, you know, five, six, seven, 10, 15 years, that building is so negative and they can't understand why they can't heat the building. Yeah. But it's because those exhaust fans have to get air from somewhere and that's outdoor air, unconditioned, unfiltered coming in. Coming you know, in all the wrong been places. In plants where, yeah, I mean, why do we have bugs in our, material that we're manufacturing uh because it's coming in through areas where there's no filters that you're you know you're all you have to do is take a smoke pencil out and hold it next to the door and you know you see the velocity that's coming through is you know 150 feet a minute through every opening that's bad very bad yeah i would agree um and then i guess maybe a good a good spot to uh, start to wrap this this conversation up I know we, it's funny, you know, this is obviously tab is extremely important in the commissioning process. And I think we, we kept that, that point across through the whole episode for our listeners. Um, but I think a good mm, closing kind of statement discussion would be like, are there, aside from past performance or, you know, reviews or ratings, like, you know, if you're engaging a tab contractor, what are some like, obvious you know what are some telltale signs that these people know what they're doing or maybe don't know what they're doing the the first thing that came to mind mark you would know more about this but you know certifications or uh yeah you know, involvement with the major you know yeah your stuff's got to be cert- calibrated and certified right well certainly that but i mean oh mark, what are the, i what are the see big i see also the the and all that yeah 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 that's right. That that's a hundred percent correct. And I, I think test adjust and balance is just like every industry, every single industry. You know, there are practitioners who are passionate about it, who are adamantly you know, working for excellence, and it shows up in their uh, the quality of their instrumentation, in their certifications, and in their final level of performance. And Unfortunately, those entities are not always the low bidder 
or, you know, low cost right. provider on a system. And, you know, it's just like anything else. You, 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 you know, doctor, lawyer, any other professional, you need to hire people that have demonstrated certified skill set and have high quality instruments and you know, the track record to back it up. I agree completely. Like you said, like anything. So I don't know. I just thought it would be a good closing. Like, you know, there's obviously like anything, as you said, in any industry, in any profession, good and bad. And uh, for tab, that's definitely something you want to be falling on the good end of the spectrum for because <laughs> uh, issues can arise if you don't. But or you're just going to pay for there's, it again when commission. Yeah, there's a lot that depends. Right. Yeah. You're going to have to bring somebody back to rebalance when commissioning finds out that you're not getting enough flow to achieve the discharge or, you know, whatever, you know, anything. So, uh, And who, Mark, do you think is the best person for the, the, the TAB, you know, team to be, to be working under? You know, who, who holds their contract? Well, in a, in a typical design bid build, it would be the mechanical contractor, which is maybe not always the best option because there is a you know the mechanical contractor wants to get done get a project into warranty and and get off the project and if the tab contractor is viewed in any way as an impediment to those you know to those activities you know it, it has a little bit of a competing uh, objectives here you know the tab contractor has the should have the objective of making sure the system is installed properly and is performing as intended if there is a roadblock there then well that's that's bad for the uh, contractor who may have retention or other funds uh, still outstanding so that that's typical but in the case of retro commissioning uh, recommissioning uh, or energy uh, performance contracts where the tab contractor may work for the commissioning authority. Okay. Which is probably better. Typically, well, yes. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Listening to Mark's, I could see where it's a more natural fit on uh, more alignment with the contractor. Like I, I kind of understand that, but you know, on the other hand, I guess, you know, it is all supposed to come together in some kind of fluid procedure. Right. Right. No, that makes sense. But I think the bottom line is, I mean, tab, at least in, in my world, has always kind of been a, I don't know, something that you didn't really think about too much, but, you know, it seems so absolutely critical for, you know, identifying issues with, you know, the installation, mm -hmm. you know, when you come down to bad duct work or leakage or mm -hmm. missing things. And then as far as equipment problems, we talked about the undersizing of equipment, oversizing, wrong speeds, capacities, bad heat transfer. And like Mark pointed out too, I mean, obviously the electrical system, huge part of this, wrong voltages, undersized uh, services. And then also on the design side, you know, they can be the first ones to really point out, we've got a design issue here. Mm -hmm. And you hope that those are very few and not very large ones, but that's the time to be corrected too, yeah. you know, if they haven't been already. So a very critical uh, set of disciplines. There's no doubt about it. 
bet you well i know they i i think tab probably finds a lot of um valves actuating backwards and and dampers actuating backwards like on vavs with reheats too you know where your your pre-functional or your construction checklist probably doesn't have it for every vav or what have you and when they when they start balancing and then like that that's where they see issues like that as well Oh, no doubt. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of a thorough checks and yep. balance as you Definitely. move through the disciplines. Yep. And then the ultimate yep. goal is all these entities, you know, coming together to make a beautiful project in the end that serves the customer. Yep. I mean, when you think about some building projects, and I don't know if you've ever read this essay, it's called uh, I Pencil. It was written by some guy named Leonard Reed back in the 50s. And Never the basic heard of premise, it. oh, you got to look it up. The basic premise is nobody in the world knows how to make a pencil, right? There's not <laughs> one person that can put it all together and source the, the lead or the graphite. Yeah, 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 yeah. There the wood and bring it from the mill yep. and put it all together. It's just, it's, I mean, it's more of a commentary on kind of the, you know, the, the hidden hand of what moves economies and that yep. sort of thing. But I mean, the same is for a project, you know, the tab guy is not a design engineer the design engineer is not a commissioning agent and none of them are the owner, but somehow everybody can come together. And if you keep your eye on kind of, you know, what the end goals are and they can be, you know, a multiplicity of goals and they're very complicated, but that's why it takes very thoughtful people to, you know, put their best effort forward. And Tab is certainly no different. That was deep, but. Oh, thank you. That was. I'm out of terrific. here. No, yeah, that's terrific. That is just absolutely and perfect. It, to the, the point of multiplicity of goals, as commissioning entities, it's our objective when we start the process to capture as many or as much of those goals as we can in the owner's project requirements so that when mm -hmm. uh, you know we've we've done our jobs everybody's done our jobs we can go back and look at that opr and say yes we did it and that's the that's the objective everybody can say yes we did it yep yep i agree well guys i think this was a, a really insightful podcast we had some great conversation yeah it you know uh, for our listeners when we started this, I didn't think it'd take, you know, we'd keep a full hour, but I think we, we filled in a full hour of very good conversation. So we had some great conversation. Um, you guys really, you're so insightful, Nick and Mark on, on these subjects. And I really enjoyed just going through it, talking about it, learning about the subjects. And I hope our listeners do as well. So, and for our listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I think it was a great episode. Our next discussion will be performance contract failures, causes, cases, and remediation. So that'll be another great discussion. And for more information on us, be sure to check out our websites, www.vsenergy.us or www.appliedfacilityscience.com. So thanks for tuning in and have a great day, guys.